Welcome to the One Life Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus in everyday life, and we hope that God uses this message to influence and encourage others to join us on that mission. We're glad you're listening. For more, please visit us online at onelifecc.org. mean in a tangible way, not in some, you know, super spiritual, holy way, but like logistically, Logan, how do you hear from God? How does God speak to you? It was definitely bad to put me the week after Ronnie, because I was just going to just say the same things he said, because they seemed right. Um, But for me, uh, hearing from the Lord, I kind of, it revolutionized my life and my faith when I realized to hear from God, you have to listen, And, and learning that how do I find and fight ways to slow down in everyday life? How do I create time, not giving God my, just whenever I can time, but like my first, my best time. And so um, I think the battle of like trying to balance kids and work and life and, and realizing like, where is God in all this and learning to slow down and say, okay, God, what do you, what do you want from me? Um, how am I going to do this? And so I'm really bad at slowing down. I'm not good at resting. Um, and when I do rest, I usually don't rest well. And so I think Learn to say, okay, God, how, how, are, how do you want to speak to me? And then giving him that first and best time every day. So when that happens, how do you know that it's actually God speaking to you and it's not like your own idea coming in? Yikes. Um, this is probably the number one question I've probably been asked in, in ministry of people just being like, well, how do I know that's of the Lord? How do I know? And so I think for me, one, if it doesn't align with Scripture, it's not of God. Um, and then two, um, if I'm hearing something consistently, and it matches the attributes of God, I'll try to lean into it. I've definitely learned I'm somebody who likes minimal risk at times. And so I'll, I'll spend months and months praying about something that the Lord's been clear with me on. And so I think at some point you just gotta have faith. At some point you just gotta move. Um, and 45 minutes, next hour, as we're just here, as we gather, as we worship God, that you just slow us down. That you just remove distractions. Um, and, and you remove the thought of what we're doing later today. We, we just sit right now with you, the creator of everything. Um, and we just rest and good news and truth today. So God, use this time. Um, we thank you for Jesus. We pray in his name. Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. Um, what is important question in, in my faith? Um, I think it's radically changed the way that I believe and operate. And, and I think that this question has also been the best discipleship tool ever. Um, if you're ever trying to lead people and love people, you know, that you know people that like are great at just like throwing out scripture in the moment, but sometimes just slowing someone down and saying, what is God saying to you? Um, is a revolutionary question. And the reason it's so important, I think it's arguably one of the most important questions, is because we have to fight the balance of knowing about God and not knowing him. So you can learn, you can show up, you can know scripture, you can spend months and years learning about him, the attributes of him, but actually never know him, never spend time with him. I think it's an ongoing balance of trying to figure out what is God actually saying to you um, and I think it's cool having Emily up here asking questions. This isn't just a sermon series. This is an ongoing dialogue that you have an opportunity to have with your spouse, with your kids, with people in your life. Um, sometimes when you start to meet with people um, and, and get into the gospel-centered conversations, it gets challenging, it gets hard. But being able to ask someone, what is God saying to you, is a question that opens up the door of like, are, are you listening? Are, are, you, are you in the moment? Are you seeing what the Lord wants from you, but also what 
what are you going to do about it? And so it's hard. I started writing a sermon probably in a worse state than anybody to me specifically. Um, I, I've had two words come to my life the last seven years and really the last two years. It's these same two words, um, slow and no. Slow and no. Just trying to, to learn this balance. Um, slowing down and realizing how, how ineffective, how busy, how chaotic life can be. Um, and a lot of life comes in the form of seasons. Um, it's not a season in your life if it just keeps happening forever. But when, when Katie and I didn't have kids, like we had 20, 30 hours extra a week to spend time with. I don't even know what we did. Like talk about it now. Like I had an infinite amount of time. I could have done whatever I wanted whenever. And now that we have kids, like it's a different season of life. How do we change TV for a little bit? And then you get in bed and you just scroll and then I fall asleep. This is very unhealthy. Just this fall asleep because it just helps turn my brain off. It's very unhealthy. So I'll just wake up at three in the morning about two people just talking about the Rangers. And I'm like thinking I'm just absorbing all of this all night. But it's so easy to go all of your life, days, hours, months, and years, and not spend time in silence. Not slow months and years and not spend time in silence not slow down at all. There's 7% of Americans admit they're addicted to their phones. That number's way too low. The average American checks their smartphone 352 times per day. 71% of people believe, 71% of people spend more time on their phone than with their partner. Almost two-thirds of children spend four hours or more per day on their smartphones. 44% of Americans admit to not having their phone gives them anxiety. Cell phones cause over 20% of car accidents, and Americans will spend an average of 13 hours and 11 minutes a day using digital media. So more than half of your life, you are a consumer. And at some point in there, you're sleeping. We've got a couple hours of day. Where is it going? Where are you spending your time? Are you slowing down? There's so many things to be distracted by. And a lot of times we use those distractions just to help us get through life, just to survive the day, like just to get home, be like, I just need to turn my brain off. I just need to watch this show, just to mindlessly scroll through TikTok and just like, oh, it's been two or three hours. It's easy to be distracted. But if we were created in a way to be loved and to love people, if God's pursuing us, how would, at what point does God fit into your schedule your calendar. I think it's a, a battle, and it was a battle 15, or Luke 5, starting in verse 15. But the news about him, Jesus, was spreading even further, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus himself often would slip away into the wilderness and pray. Like Jesus, everything's going well. In terms of ministry and strategy, like this was pinnacle moments for Jesus. Like everything was going really well. People are traveling from all over to see Jesus. It's working. And he's stopping regularly to say, hold on, let's get away, let's seclude, let's pray. And he, and he cared about the same thing for the disciples. Mark six thirty one. then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. They had just left a very successful time in Galilee. Like things were going well. They, like, this was like pinnacle moments. They're growing. If social media was around, we're more efficient we're smarter, that, that we can just seven days a week working would be more beneficial than taking a day. 
but you have the chance to stop and to rest. And I think that's why a lot of people were getting off course, were frustrated. It's where a lot of my anxiety comes from. There's, just, there's always something on. There's always something going on. And if we don't slow down, I think it's easy to know who God is and spend weeks and months and never, ever experience him, never spend time with him, never slow down and say, well, what are you saying to me? I love this, this quote from Mother Teresa. It says, we need silence to be alone with God, to speak with him, to listen to him, to ponder his words deep in our hearts. We need to be alone with God in silence to be renewed and transformed. Silence gives us a new outlook on life. I think for a lot of us, silence is terrifying. It's scary. If you get, just, if you get time today, you're just dead silence. I mean, most people, as soon as they get into bed, they just turn on a sound machine. Like We, we cannot handle just sitting in silence. It's hard. But to be able to step away, to slow down, to seclude and say, okay, God, what, what do you want from me? To be renewed and recharged, we lose track of what our identity is because we start believing it from all of these other things, all of these other people. So, so question this morning, for you personally, how do you slow down and just be with the Lord? What are the things that you like doing? But, but how do you just slow down? Is it even in your schedule? Is it something you are able to do? Do you do it in the morning? Do you do it difference in who I am when I take time early first thing in the morning to just get away to pray versus the guy I am when I wake up right when I have to, rush out the door, and then I'm frustrated. I'm trying to, to keep up. And for, I think for a lot of us, and for me in particular, what's been a hard thing is, is before kids, I had so much time, but I actually had no time. I just filled it. My schedule has always been full. I've always had things to do. There's always been something to put on the, the calendar. There's always something to chase or to figure out. And so our schedules get so busy, you start to think about your week now and that question, how could you slow down and just be with God? And you look at your calendar, you're like, I don't know that I have time this week. This is going to be difficult. I'm going to change my rhythm. I can stop working out at this time. Like, how could I do this? When in reality, God's not going to fix and change you. It has to start. It's a challenge. And that's why the second word for me is no, not K-N-O-W, N-O. For the last two years at work, we've done a word of the year, and my word of the year has both years, to be very confusing to people in our office, has just been no. Because a fight for me and a struggle for me has always been a people pleaser. I just, I like people, I want to be around people, and, and I, if I get a chance to hear someone's story, I enjoy it, but I would just say yes all the time. You get caught at the grocery store and that, that awkward interaction, it's like, I haven't seen you in a while, it's good to see you. We should get together. I just always say that as a way to get out of the conversation. And then people would call me. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it on Tuesday. Like, oh no, um, let's do it on Tuesday. And so then I realized over time that when I'm saying yes to someone else, I'm saying no to my wife. So they're slowing down and stopping. Seasons will change, life will change, but you cannot fit God into your schedule. You have to change the way this looks like. And, and the more and the importance for this and why this has been on my heart so much why I believe this will radically change not only my life, my family's life, and hopefully generational curses will begin to change by slowing down and spending time with the Lord, is that when you get into life, when you get into the chaos, we have more news networks, we have more social platforms than ever, there's more people who are influencers, there's more noise, there's more podcasts, there's more places for you to just hear opinions. 
And how do you, out of all of that, pick out the Lord's voice? How do you find God's voice over CNN or Fox? Over that podcast, that show, that friend? How do you hear the Lord's voice out of all sounds like how he speaks to you? And the way to do that is with intimacy. It's spending regular, intentional time. If we do not spend regular, intentional time, we will lose track of not only who we are, but where we're going and who's calling us. And Jesus, this is one of my favorite passages, Jesus in John 10 is very clear with this. John 10, verse 1, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. While he was brought out all on his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know get down. This, this analogy, this, this story that Jesus is using has changed my life forever. To understand who Jesus was as a shepherd, he's very clear they're in this kind of battle at this time with these religious leaders. And Jesus is saying, the people that want access to your life, the good shepherd is going to come in through the door. So these sheep pens, these sheep folds are a sheep pen. So it's a brick wall all the way around and there's a door. And so they would get all of the sheep in there. And so he's saying that the shepherd, the good shepherd will come through the door. He will come with love and hope and peace. But there's a lot of people that are going to be fighting for your life. They'd be out in these fields, and at some point they would need to get them back. And they would be intermingled with other sheep. There's all these people there. And a shepherd could just call out a distinct call or noise. And his sheep knew his voice and the call. And they would leave where they were, and they would come back, and they would go into the pen. They knew their shepherd's voice so well. They could hear it through, knew their shepherd's voice so well. They could hear it through everything. There's a story in World War I where, where on this side, these soldiers took this flock of sheep from a shepherd. And he woke up in the middle of it while they were herding them away. And he realized he couldn't win. He didn't have the tools, the resources to beat the soldiers. And so all he did was call out. And there wasn't a single thing that any soldier or anybody could do to keep these sheep from returning to their rightful owner. They know their shepherd's voice. They can hear it in the chaos, and they come in. Sheep are experts at discerning and knowing their shepherd's voice. If you lose sight of that, if you don't spend time not only learning about the Lord, but with God in solitude and silence and prayer, that voice will get fuzzy, and it will start to sound like somebody on TV. That voice will start to have a, a name of somebody else. And then you're going to get into life and into the chaos of life. And then you're going to get kind of wandering. You're going to get lost. And you're going to say, I don't know where I'm going. Where, where, where do I need to be? What is God calling me to? But to, to what is God calling me to? But to, to regularly step back and say, what is God saying to me? To spend time, you learn that voice. You realize in the midst of chaos where that voice is coming from. You realize where you're being called. It's an ongoing battle. It's hard. And there's no sermon that I want to preach less than one that I'm bad at. And slowing down is so hard and it's so scary for me. And it goes against everything that I believe internally, where it's like, you got to keep working. We got to provide. 
We've got to do more. There's people who don't know Jesus. We need to spend time with people. And it becomes about me and about me trying to fix things versus regularly sitting down and spending time with the only one who fixed it. It's a big difference. I'm not as useful as I think I am, but somehow this creator and king continues to use me. He loves you and he pursues you. There's a lot of things in life that are hard. It hadn't been a fair year for a lot of people. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of things going on. In the midst of all of that, where are you going to find hope if you don't know how to return home, if you don't know how to rest? I think one of the coolest things about this shepherd and sheep is, is that the way that these pens were built, a lot of times where the doorway was, there wasn't an actual door. The shepherd would physically lay his body down to protect the sheep. He would physically lay in between the door to make sure that nothing could come in or go out and be harmed. I mean, we, we could not find a better shepherd. We could not find a, a better example than Jesus who not only came and taught us what it looked like, taught us what his voice sounded like, showed us how to operate and live, ultimately to be murdered by the very people he came with and to lay his life down so his sheep could find freedom and hope. the greatest shepherd. He loved his people. He came ultimately to be died and to lay his life down. This is the voice that you want to hear. This is the voice that you want to know. I think it becomes more and more challenging. Now that we're like kind of getting back into stuff, we're like, holy cow, we've missed like 30 years of TV. <laughs> There's an infinite amount of things to entertain you, to, to keep you just surviving. And it's easy to just get home and say, I, I just, I'm tired, I just need to check out. But what would it look like to realize that you could, you could stop and, and rest in the only one that can give you rest? It's gonna be a battle for a lot of people to say, I spend more time instead of people to say, I spend more time instead of scrolling on there. If you don't think you have a lot of free time, then just show me your screen time after this. I mean, it, it's easy to get wrapped up and distracted. But how do we learn to slow down and find our voice? And, I, and the reason I think this is so important for a lot of people is no matter what sermon we preach, no matter what we talk about, we will always come back to identity. Who, who are you? And what happens is we start to identify ourselves when we lose track of the shepherd's voice. I, I am whatever I do. This is what I do for a living. I'm defined by this mistake. I'm defined by this thing. But the more we spend time with the true shepherd, the only hope, the things are incredibly true. That's the beauty of the gospel. I'm also able to stop in life and, and rest when business isn't going well, when relationships aren't well, and the fact that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am loved. I'm a child of the Most High. And when we lose sight of that, we can, we can quickly lose track of where we're going, but also who we are. You are loved and cared for. You're exactly where you need to be. You're exactly around people that you need to be around. There are some people that maybe you need to remove from your life. You need to maybe learn how to say no. Give God your calendar before you plan it. And be rested. Let's, let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you for this time and place. God, I just ask that in the midst of all these distractions, God, that 
God, as we try to grow, as we try to figure out what it looks like to follow you in everyday life, as we, as we try to figure out how to be husbands and wives, as we try to figure out how to be sons and daughters, employees, employers, as we figure out how difficult and challenging life is, God, that we just take moments to stop and rest in the fact that none of this matters despite you, that you loved us enough to pursue us and care for us. God, for the people in the room that are, that are broken, that are hurt, that are exhausted, God, that you, that you promised rest and that they can stop and they can rest with you. They can find hope in that with you. God, and for the people who are leading people, God, I just pray your hand of protection on them as, as, as ministry, as loving people, as discipleship is hard and challenging and painful, God, that we be reminded that, that what we were called to do is to lead people to you. We aren't the fixers of problems that you are. God, we thank you for today. Cross in his name. Amen. So the follow-up question always to what is God saying to you? Again, what are you going to do about it? Oh, no. Been, uh, for me, what I'm learning um, is trying to like plan. It's kind of a lot like uh, giving. Um, if you just wait to see like what's left over in your life and then you, you give, but you give God your first and your best and you believe that he'll be faithful. And so for me, I think money is easier to give than time. Um, it's, it's a challenge for me to give up my time. I think it's very valuable. I want more of it. I want to play golf more. I, I want to be able to spend time with my family more. And, and so all of these things factoring in and learning, I'm going to give God no matter what my first and my best um, and, and believe he'll do something with it. Who in your life is going to be most affected by your obedience to this? <sighs> Ooh, I, hopefully everybody. Um, I think I'll be a lot nicer. My uh, venting and ranting will... Not, Katie gets one night a week to be like, I just need to get away from the kids in Logan and just rest away. And then she'll come back and we're good again. And so I, I think uh, my family will be radically changed um, by what this, what this looks like if uh, we can model how to slow down. And just like a little bit more of a personal question, if that's okay. We've got a lot of young parents, young families here in One Life, and we have this opportunity to disciple very little kids. So what does this look like as a... You want to come up here for a minute? No? Okay. <laughs> um, the last few weeks I've, I've talked about just Ellie and her story and her identity, and there's this picture on the wall that says, I'm Ellie Dawn, daughter of the king, unshakable, beautiful, and brave. I'm more precious than diamonds, and I'm more loved than I'll ever know because I am his. And, and, and I, I just, I think that I grew up, you, you grew up in the church as well, and I think there's a lot of, you hear about prayer, you hear people say, like, you see them in the grocery store, like, I'm going to pray for you. And then it just kind of goes on. And I think for a lot of my life, I never saw what was happening behind the scenes. I never saw the work and the power and the miraculous things the Lord was doing. And so I think prayer in a lot of ways lost some of its power in my brain. And so I think our kids getting to not only be a part of what, what this looks like to, to pray for people, um, but also for them to get to see on the other side what the Lord's actually um, is actually doing. And so... Um, I feel like right now in the season, and I know you're experiencing some of this, but like I almost learn more like from hearing them say things at times and realizing, like, why don't we just pray for that? Like, well, don't, first off, don't tell me what to do. But secondly, <laughs> it's a good idea. Um, and so, yeah. I thought, God, we know that your Holy Spirit brings peace and hope and joy. I, I just ask that as for the people right now that are wrestling with, with things opposite of that, who have fear and doubt and bitterness and angry, God, that, that they know they can take that to you, that you can handle it, um, God, that they can just rest in the fact that life isn't fair and it's hard, but we can rest in that truth because you deliver the, the best gift ever. So we love you. 
Thank you for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Stand and sing.